It's time for America's most unique motorsports show, Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer, brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. It works. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer with producer Todd Surprise, Kirk Elliott in the house, hanging out with us. Got a good show lined up for you today. Steve Post is going to join us today. Um, as you know, yesterday um, we uh, were floored by the news that uh, Dave Tyson, who was in our studio on November 17th, hanging out with us, talking about old timers, uh, passed away yesterday. And uh, that was a tough one to swallow, to be honest with you. Um, nobody, I, I don't think anybody saw that coming with uh, Dave passing away. Um, he had a stroke, and uh, unfortunately, he didn't survive after having that stroke. And uh, that was a tough one. That was a really tough one yesterday. I know me and Kirk, we've been thinking about Dave ever since uh, we got the word of his passing. Um, Todd, you didn't really know uh, Dave, did you? No. I, I've, you I, met him before. I've met him many times, you know, right. all the carb stuff and everything right, like that, right. obviously. The and Hall of Fame stuff. Yes, uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. And, um, you know, we talked, but I I didn't know him for, other than that he was a really nice guy and always would come up and, you know, and talk you know talk with me. So, I, like I said, I, when I saw, when, when Kirk sent me the text that he'd had a stroke, I, I was, like I said, I'd watched that interview. I wasn't here that day. I watched right. that interview, but... Man, how tough is that? Um, I'm, I'm glad that we were able to speak with him. You guys were able to speak with him one last time on a professional level about yeah, things no that he loved to talk about. So it was so great to have him in that exactly. day. You know. So that's what I, I, I'm. You hate to be, to have to have. You know, this is a bad time. Holidays is a rough time to lose a loved one. Right. It just, it just sticks with you. But I, like you said, I. I didn't know him, but man, that's just a that was a rough one for everybody. I I felt bad for for everybody that was super close to Dave, and like I said, yeah, that, that, no uh, doubt good, he was he was a good, good man. He he never met a stranger. Well, that was that's, that's what everybody says about him that he never met a stranger. It was like he walked up and started talking. And we started talking, right? And, you know, so yeah. like I said, that was that was a sad deal there. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, and, and then uh, yesterday, also, I, I got some news that was a little disturbing to me. Um, Robin Brigg, who was a uh, a friend of the Racing Boys when we went out to the Pacific Northwest, we used to go out on a boat with uh, Robin and uh, hang out with him when we'd go up to the Pacific Northwest. We always had a good time hanging out with him. He was an RV dealer. And uh, Scotty and I uh, got to know Robin pretty well. Uh, back in the day when we were out there, we'd, we'd go out on a pontoon boat on this little lake and we'd hang out with Robin and, and we had a lot of, a lot of great memories with Robin and he's been fighting this cancer for a long, long time. And, um, finally it got a hold of him and, uh, Robin has passed away and we are, uh, we are sad to hear about Robin and Tommy, I know that you, we had a, a lot of fun um, hanging out with Robin, didn't we, back in the day? You know, one of the, the, the oddest things, and Tommy, I know you remember this day well. One day we were out there on that lake, and we heard a little girl scream. 
And this is what happened. A little girl got behind a boat, and she got caught up in a propeller. Do you remember that I when remember that happened? You, I remember you texting us. Oh, it was, it was horrifying. And I'm going to tell you something about Robin. Robin jumped right in there and took charge of everything. I think he even put a, a, a tourniquet belt on her so she wouldn't bleed out. And he was kind of in charge of bringing, um, getting the ambulance in. There was a lot of fire department people there. Um, he was such a great guy, and and um, he's definitely going to be missed. And uh, I, I know I can speak for Tommy. Uh, Tommy, Blake, and a bunch of us used to always go out and hang out with Robin out on that little lake. That was always a great time, wasn't it, Tommy? Good times. Really good times. Um, Man, yesterday was not a very good day. Um, uh, how about the the girl from... Uh, Christy Fle- McVee, man, just the, McVee. How about her? She passed away yesterday. I did you realize that she was seventy nine years my, old? Not until my wife had told me that. You know, I I I probably saw it on the thing, but no, that never even crossed my mind that she was at that age. I would have figured seventy two. I would have figured she was closer to my age. Yeah, I was thinking seven. I knew she was maybe a little older than some of the other ones in the band, but I was thinking. 70, 71 maybe, but I didn't right. think it was closer to the eight, you know, the 80. So, yeah, that was a rough, that was a rough one. Like I said, everybody, there's a lot of people on social media, you know, that, that one hit a lot of people because the, yeah. a lot of people my age and older, that's the music they kind of grew up, you know, listening to. I mean, at her, at Fleetwood Mac's a staple on the radio, whether or not you listen to them or not. Right. You listen to him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It, well, was, you, it was on. Regardless. You rarely turn off Fleetwood Mac yeah. when you listen to and, him, right? Uh, and I remember when, as a kid, we did a, we did a play at school to the song Tusk. Remember that song Tusk? Oh, yeah. Fleet? And I was my first, and I was in grade school. That was my first introduction to even who that band was, you know. And, and we did, and we all did these. I love these clapping things and stuff. It was kind of cool. But, yeah, I had I had no idea that she was of that age and like you said that i didn't know if she had been sick or anything like like what i said so i but uh, i believe that uh it came to a shock to everybody by the way are, are you a little set back todd when if i tell you that fleetwood mac uh the first year what year do you think was the first year that the, the band was together fleetwood 70, mac six four four seventy three maybe you're not going to believe what I'm 69, probably, right? 67. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? So they've been playing a long time. They've been doing it a long time. So, yeah. Stevie Nicks where, be, where would you rate uh, Fleetwood Mac as a band? As a band? Yeah. Probably top 10 band that's come out of the United States. Rock band. I can't I can't imagine you would put them any less. I mean, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not in the in a contemporary rock world. Probably right. in the top five. I mean, you know, you're going to. Their music is as common as, like David Lee Ross said, my music is as common as the as the um, um, ice cream man. You know what I'm saying? So, like, right. you know every Fleetwood Mac song. There isn't a time when one comes on, you're like, I wonder who that is. You know who it is. You've heard them. You know who right. they are. And and they're, they're rock and roll royalty. I mean, 
Stevie will be here in a couple next year. She's coming doing a big world tour, you know, with her and Billy Joel, and I'm sure she'll be paying tribute to. Oh, I'm sure her as well. I don't know how much that's going to change things, but yeah, definitely, uh, definitely, people are really uh, missing her today. You've seen so many posts across the across all social media forums today. Right, Vicky said she saw him twice as a teen. Did you ever see Fleetwood Mac? No, I never did see. Never, no, no. I mean, I remember when they came through town, um, and all my cousins and everybody they all went and saw him. You know, but. I was a little heavier. Did, did they go to see Fleetwood Mac because of Stevie Nicks? Most people did, but right, right. I know a lot of people. Lindsey Buckingham, people don't realize that dude. That guitar, he's a he's a really good guitar yeah, player. He's a, isn't he? So underrated guitar player. They get stuck in a band that people don't think about guitars, but go and watch some of his guitar work. Right, Ooh, he's he's a sick guitar player, man, and he plays a a. He plays. I don't know what kind of guitar that is. I mean, when you see it, you go, "Oh, that's Lynn, that's his guitar." I mean, that's. And now, then Mick Fleetwood, he's always just a little. He was. He reminded me of Doc from, uh, Back to the Future. He had that crazy hair kind of, right, that kind yeah. of look, and he was the mad scientist kind of behind uh, Fleetwood Mac type. Of, but you know, the you know the the tension in that band is everybody was sleeping with everybody, and right? They were breaking yeah. up and. She was writing stories. Back and forth with each other. She's writing stories about him and making the poor dude write play music to the songs about him. About I mean, him. You know? Yeah. <laughs> People talk about how Taylor Swift is tough on her old boyfriends and they were like, Shoot, you don't you have you ever read a Stevie Nicks song? <laughs> right. <laughs> the dude is in her band and still she was still dogging the poor guy when he's sitting there across the stage. How going, would you like to have to play that song every night? Well, that's what they said. That was one of the that was one of the toughest things. So, you know, people don't let me pull up a little bit. Like we'll pull a little audio up here. Not much. Yeah. Hopefully the uh, yeah we Facebook won't, won't shut us down. We won't leave it on very long. Right, at all. right. Better better <laughs> not take it. Uh, but I, I think that Stevie Nicks was probably the the draw. Yeah, to well, Fleetwood Mac. Wouldn't you think? Because yeah, it, she was listen, the, back in the day, she was hot. And she was man she was smoking hot and everybody wanted all the chicks wanted to be like her and all the guys wanted to be with her so right that kind of a, you know it was that and that wasn't a thing really in rock and roll and you know there wasn't a lot of chicks that broke that there was a few bands right. like i said there's always been a few bands like that but right. man that band there had two strong ladies that were in that band right and so therefore it it felt a little different to me like they didn't have to I don't know. You didn't feel like you had to worry about them because there was two strong women in that band, right? right? And so, like, you knew they were holding their own type of deal. Like, yeah, that's all right. I've got my girls got my back, and I know they they've had some toughs between them two back in the days, you know. But they'd gotten back together. They two are not too. She long, reunited though. with the band in 2014. Yeah, did a pretty good tour with. Them, yeah, really. they yeah. did. No, so I mean, yeah, but yep. yeah, that's that's sad to see. Like you said, we're we're in that time now where. We're starting to see a lot of the people that we that we grew up uh, watching on TV or in our pop culture start to pass away. You know, it's just it's right. just it's just the inevitable. And what's kind of different now compared to when our parents were of age, there wasn't a social media thing. It was the newspaper. You talked about it. Right. You talked about it at dinner or whatever. And then you moved on, whereas social media kind of keeps it word in of the, mouth. 
it keeps it in the forefront so right. much you're seeing it you know and and yeah. uh it's just a different time where we're living in so yeah you, you know todd I, I i gotta say this man i really enjoy talking music with you bud hey i appreciate man that. i mean because we're pretty passionate about music yeah. you and i are <laughs> right you know me i've got like three big passions and one of them's music you know and it's just well yeah. and, and as you know um Really, racing is first to me. Yes, and then music. Yep. And I was, as, as you know, I go to a lot of live, more than live more events venues. than I ever see. Yeah. Like I said, if you, you could pull up maybe my years from eighty four to eighty nine, and We're, I might have seen more concerts than you during that time, but not, not any other time, man. Because Kirk's Scott's at a concert everywhere all the time, so. That was one thing I always thought was cool when I first started working with you guys. I was like, man, he's got drums here. You know, we first started working over that place. I like, man, he knows he's got drums here. And, you know, I had my own little studio there and brought my guitars in and right. stuff. We played And there. we never jammed never together. Jammed. Never played, did do that together. And, you know, what was funny, we had David Grubnick on. He came into the studio, mask or uh, NHRA Top Fuel um, dragster driver. Or I think maybe he, he was. He's a guitar player. Isn't and he. he better than my I, he was really good he did he pick up your guitar my, and play? Yeah, remember he got there so early and <clears throat> oh, you guys that's had right, he did he got guys, there early and he had his handlers with him back then the, the nhra people they brought their people by they brought them to our studio right to him and they had a handler and they'd stand and they would take pictures and they would tweet those pictures and everything yeah and so they'd be here well david got here early and you guys hadn't even shown up yet well i was there and i was just noodling around on my guitar so i brought him in and he asked me, whose guitars are those? I had a red one and a black one in the studio. And uh, I said, those are mine. And he said, you mind? I was like, no, go ahead. And his handler looked at me. She said, I wish you wouldn't have done that. And I said, why is that? And she goes, I'll never get him away from those guitars. He's, right. He'll, he'll so stay here. So what was he playing? ACDC, which is funny because he's from down under. So it was <laughs> <laughs> he played two ACDC songs straight out of the gate. And, I was, I, and he was really I mean, good enough to where... I knew what they were as soon as he started playing them, right? So I knew he wasn't an av- he wasn't a plunker. He was a player, you know. I mean, he could really play. Yeah, he like I said, was didn't even plug. So he he sat and played for a while, and and uh, we talked music for a while and stuff. And he talked about Eddie Van. Halen. What what was his favorite? He he was a big ACDC fan, but yeah. he was a big. He talked about rock music, but when we started talking about music then he saw my eddie van halen pictures on the wall so we started talking van halen music and stuff you know right it was just funny that like you said everybody's got uh or is into something like you said you're into music and racing and you know going and seeing live shows and stuff like that and i'm a photographer videographer and a music guy right i mean that's the day i met you you i was creating things and sending it to you so you knew i was already kind of one of those guys who right. was just making things and, and so you were that, a good fit from the beginning and so I, I was just my you know my my cup of tea that's what i do and so like i said i between my music and my photography and and stuff that's that's where all my interest lies in my kids you know that's that's yeah you know and your your kids are all up and growing out of the house i still got one still in the house and your one, boy does he plays the guitar a little bit doesn't he? he's a really good guitar player um is he better than you, you he, think? Well, he knows more notes and structural and knows how to play songs from beginning to end more than I do. He he doesn't have the ADHD like I do where right. <laughs> um, I get bored real you quick. And, you and me both. I uh, get bored real quick with, 
learning things. And once I've picked up a couple of things, I just move on to the next thing. But no, my son will sit and play guitar for, you know, when it's a, when it's not baseball season, Right. you'll hear him in there strumming, playing guitar. He's got three guitars sitting in his room, an acoustic, an electric, and a 12-string, just so, just in case he has a yeah. inspiration. But yeah, this time of year, I don't know if, if you do have a guitar in your house, this is the time of year to make sure you get your humidifiers out. Because this is really bad on all it's, your guitars. Yeah. Probably even good for maybe. How many guitars do you have, Todd? Oh, in the 20s plus. Something like that. One's not enough. 20s never Or what is it? 20s not, never enough. One's too many. So, know, what, so. what is your, your favorite guitar? Yamaha is my, Yamaha is my favorite guitar that I play. Um, people don't realize Yamaha makes a lot of stuff. Right. But they've been in the music business for a very, very long time. Yeah. Um, so I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Yamaha guy, but I have Fenders, Gibsons. I've had handmade guitars. I flew out to California that one year and had a company called Kiesel, which was and they made me a handmade guitar. And Oh, yeah, I remember and, when you bought That was just not long ago, yeah, right? About three years ago now. Yeah. yeah, I flew out there, went to the factory, picked everything from beginning to end, and they build it for you, Crazy. and they mail it to you, send it right to your front door. So, music world, you know, I've got a friend. He just came off tour. My friend Eddie Pruitt. And we're going to try to get him on the show. He just finished his tour. Um, he plays in the in the Northwest. He's up in in the Great Northwest. So he lives out there right. in in Seattle, the Spoke, Spokane area type. He's playing up there all the time. That guy there, man. Let me tell you something. He's, you think I have a guitar addiction. I've seen this guy buy, he has more bass guitars than, but he's, he doesn't keep them all. He plays them for a few years and then he gets and then and he he moves on. Them. Keeps a couple good ones, but we're going to have Eddie Pruitt and another couple guys on maybe once racing season's completely wrapped up and I, we've got things to talk about. I, I hope people don't mind us talking about music. Because you know. Because that's what we like to talk about. And again. The and show is called mostly mostly motorsports. And hey, right? If you guys have a topic, we'll, we'll, TV, we'll talk about we'll talk, anything. I watch more TV than anybody you probably know, and Scott watches a lot of stuff on at night too. He ain't just watching right. races up here. So, right. If you got a topic? Spit it out, man. Because we'll, we will we will rap about anything. All right. So I know you don't watch The Voice, right, Todd? But I know of it. I, mean, I know who's on it. And I, yeah. And I know. Um, I, I'm not sure who's going to win the voice this year. Um, I think, uh, Morgan miles is the, the blonde headed girl. I think I that her. she's going to be the, the winner in the end. Um, yeah, uh, the country people, I think they all rally around Blake's team. And I wouldn't be surprised if this Bryce Leatherwood ends up getting in there I can't pronounce the girl's name, the Indian girl that sings. She's really good. Parchia? Yeah, I'm looking at her name on here. Yeah, I, but I, I she is really fantastic. I think she's going to have a chance. Uh, Omar, I don't know if anybody thinks any uh, what they think about Omar, but Omar can sing pretty damn good as well. So, so do they have – so when they have these teams – I mean, you could explain a little bit on these teams. Right. So they, they pick these guys, right? They're down they, to the final eight. Yeah. So that's where we're at now. So. Right. So what will they do when they get down to the final? Is it a, is it the last night? Do they have just two? Is it a runoff type? The deal people or? vote for them. The, gotcha. You know, people yeah, that you can just watch on TV yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and you can vote, and that's how it's going to go down. But I think that Morgan Miles is going to 
be the winner when so it's is, all said is and it, done. Is it all the the viewers vote, or do the do somebody? Is there do the um, the fans in the in, in the stands can vote as well, gotcha. and the people across the country so the can people vote in the as stand, well. In the stands yeah. do vote. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, that's yeah. Cool. yeah. I think that's pretty cool. Hey, uh, b- before we uh, get out of here, um, Gary Lezak. Yeah. Today's his last day. How many years has he been the weatherman in Kansas 23? City? Is that what it is? 20, oh, 20 uh, plus. I can't remember. Maybe 30. I'll have to look let it me up. Add, let, here, I'll just ask my phone how long Gary Lezak has been with. If people don't know who Gary Lezak is, if you're not here in KC, he's like we have two top weathermen here in Kansas City, and it's Gary Lezak and Brian Busby, and those two have been on their stations forever. <laughs> um, he has been here since 2003. So there you go. How about that? So, yep. 20 years. Wow. We're in 2023 coming up. So that's what he was finishing. Well, it, 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 is he the most popular weatherman in Kansas City, you think? Him and Brian Busby. Those two, both yeah. those guys are, like I was saying, they're the two guys that you know of when you, you know. I mean, Katie Horner back in the day was popular because she kind of came up at the beginning of the social mm-hmm. media. But as far as who people know as far as Kansas City weather it's it's Brian Busby and and and, and Gary Lezak and yeah. Channel 4 um with um he, I'm drawing a blank with his name but those three people have I saw a post with them at Gary's retirement party and they talked about how long all of them have been at the same station and it's pretty amazing you know we were at a a dinner party one year at um Garozio's over off of College Boulevard and Gary Lezak was there with his fraternity guys and they were having their dinner and stuff and uh, went over and introduced myself to him he's a nice guy man yeah he's a really nice guy i've met him a couple times over there at sports radio 810 whb when he comes in there and hangs out so uh good guy and uh he's definitely going to be missed here in the local weather scene for sure all right we're going to take a break when we come back um we will talk to steve post got a lot to talk about with him turkey night um, he was at a $50,000 um, late model race this last weekend. We're going to talk to him about that and more right here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. It works. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. There is less than one hundredth of an inch of motor oil protecting your car's engine. Friction and heat causes engine oil to experience thermal breakdown, weakening its ability to protect the engine and its parts. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer is specially formulated to resist thermal breakdown, protect vital engine parts, and extend the life of your engine. It also stops smoking, knocking, and oil consumption in worn engines. Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. Keep that engine alive. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com. Serving the racing community for over 30 years. Next to your vehicle's engine, your transmission is the most important component of your car. If it's not properly maintained, your car may not shift properly. By adding Lucas Transmission Fix to your transmission, it cleans and lubricates sticking valves for proper shifting, renews worn bands to stop slipping, stops seal leaks, 
will not void new car warranties. Contains no harmful solvents. Lucas Transmission Fix. It works. So here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other ad specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Missouri's must play getaway. Osage National Golf Resort. Three nine-hole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay and play packages in our first-class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. Great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. One of the main reasons for poor vehicle performance is a dirty fuel system. It can cause decreased fuel economy and actually do harm to your engine over time. By adding Lucas Fuel Treatment to your vehicle, it cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system. Pump, carburetors, fuel injectors, and valves as you drive. It also improves your vehicle's performance. It's a non-solvent product designed to protect both gasoline and diesel engines. Lucas Fuel Treatment. It works. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. At Lucas Oil, we take pride in creating problem-solving products to make your car care easier. We protect your vehicle and make it run longer so you can focus on the things that matter most. Whether it's commuting to work, visiting a loved one, taking the kids where they need to go, going to the big game, or anywhere life takes you, Lucas Oil is committed to getting you there for all of life's important moments. Lucas Oil, it works. You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. Welcome back. It's Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer. Todd Surprise producing the show today as well. Kirk Elliott hanging out with us here in the studio. And uh, we want to welcome our friend. It's normally with us on Wednesday, but uh, yesterday with the sad news of the passing of Dave Tyson, we... Uh, wanted to replay the show that we aired on November 17th uh, about Dave Tyson. He sat in the studio with us, and uh, that was a sad day yesterday. Steve, we appreciate you coming on today, though. No problem. Good to catch up with you, that's for sure. Yeah. So um, you you were at a, a pretty big race this last weekend. It was the uh, Thanksgiving Classic Southern National Motorsports Park Talk about that late model race there a little bit. Yeah, this is the late model stocks. They're the, they're the premier car here in the Carolinas and Virginia. And um, they, uh, they, 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 and actually the end of the year, 
mean, there's there's a tour that runs all year long, and then a lot of them run in the NASCAR Weekly Series races up at uh, up at Hickory or over at uh, Florence Motor Speedway or South Boston. But the way this thing usually goes is, at the end of the year, they have a series of big races. Martinsville Speedway has their big late model stock race. Last week, Florence Motor Speedway had their race that uh, the, the South Carolina 400, the Dale Jr. raced at. And then probably the last one, there's one more race coming up, I think, on the schedule for these guys. But the last one is the Thanksgiving Classic at Southern National Motorsport Park. That is out in the uh, eastern part of the state of North Carolina. Beautiful four-tenths of a mile oval. Great, great facility. Great, great spot. And um, they wound, rounded up some sponsorship, and they put fifty grand on the line to win the thing. Wow. And uh, had a great field of cars out there. And much the, 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 the way the late model stock world goes, you have a great field of cars. And they, they, they had a format that yielded a lot of comers and goers through the course of the day. And when we got to the end of the day, it was no shock that Josh Berry, uh, he was driving Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s uh, gold number three, the Bass Pro Shops number three car. Uh, he got the win. It was his uh, his uh, third or second consecutive win. He won this race last year, and uh, and I think I was reading it was his 100th win for Junior Motorsports. So uh, wow. big big doings out there. That's for sure. Good good times. Uh, do do they run the 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 604 crate motors? Is that what they run in those cars? Do you I know? I think there's a variety pack that they can do with the motors, and I, and I'm not sure what the answer is, but there's a couple of different options. There's a built motor that you can do. And there is a crate motor that you can do, and they give some weight alteration. And and I don't know specifically all the details about them, but I know there's a couple of options. And uh, and I was I was actually listening to a podcast, and one of the guys was talking about that the 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 crate option at certain tracks works well. But but I don't know exactly which uh, which which size of that crate it was. But but I do know that there are various engine uh, engine varieties available to run this uh, late model stock racing. Yeah. Uh, this weekend, uh, the 55th annual Snowball Derby is going to be taking place down at Five Flags Speedway in Pensacola, Florida. And there's some cup drivers going to be running in that race this weekend. Yeah, it's it's fascinating to watch this, and uh, it's going to be going to be interesting to see um, how how these guys fare as far as the uh, the cup drivers go versus the 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 stalwart late model stock racer or super late model racers, the, right. the Ty Majeskis and Stephen Nassies of the world and Derek Thorns of the world. They're going to work to hold their own as uh, as guys like Eric Jones go down there and race. William Byron has got a really good car, and Byron has been really really strong in super late model racing this year. And, uh, you know, I saw Noah Gregson was uh, suiting up down there. So right. um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's one of those traditional classic year-end races. I actually got to it a couple of years ago and, uh, and really enjoyed it. Um, and, you know, they uh, move-in day was yesterday. I think they start practicing today or, or tech today or something. And then, uh, then they'll get after it. And that race is Sunday afternoon. But uh, that, is, uh, that is kind of in the super late model world. The, the granddaddy of them all. That's kind of the coveted prize that they have. And that racetrack is an old, worn-out 5-8 mile. And, boy, I'm telling you what, it puts the drivers and crew chiefs through their paces, that's for sure. Uh, and and your, your guy that won that uh, $50,000, uh, Josh Berry, is going to be running down there as well, right? Yeah, Josh Berry picked up a ride down there. He is not known necessarily for his super late model for his super late model racing. These are the offset uh, super late model cars. Um, but I have a feeling with all the practice and everything, and that guy's an incredible talent. Uh, 
you know, if, if that car is decent and, and I, I'm drawing a blank on who he's driving for, but I think it's a really, really good car, if I'm not mistaken. Um, if that car is up to snuff, I wouldn't be surprised that Josh Berry doesn't, uh, doesn't put his name toward the front of the field as that race unfolds. Yeah, Ty Majeski is going to be running down there as well. He, he competed in the truck series this year. Yeah, yeah. Ty, uh, Ty won it the year I was there a couple years ago, and they had a, a, another race in Florida this past weekend, uh, Super Late Model Race, and uh, at uh, another track in Florida. And I paid thirty thousand or twenty thousand to win. Ty crossed the finish line first, but was disqualified, um, and, and the crew chief took total ownership on it. Um, he didn't have the right bolts in the in the rear housing, and used a hollowed out bolt, and, mm. and one hollowed out bolt cost him the the $20,000 or $30,000 win. Uh, so, I mean, the, 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 um, the, the crew chief said, I screwed up. I didn't have the right bowl. I, I put one in there, putting the car together. I meant to change it out and forgot about it. And so he got busted in post-race inspection. So uh, they look like they're fast. That hollowed out bolt didn't impact the speed. And, right. and Ty Majeski coming off a great truck series year where he picked up multiple wins, was in the run for the playoffs for the championship out of Phoenix. Uh, I, 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 I'm not the, – the super late model world is something that I pay attention to, especially this week. But I, I've got to think Ty Majeski, if, if, if I'm going to Vegas, I'm probably going to put some money on him. He's, he's that good right now where he's at with his life with his career, with that team, having the one get away from them with the, the, the tech inspection, uh, they're probably coming in there with a little bit of spring in their step, ready to, ready to take another one of those victories out of, uh, out of Pensacola. How about the year that Christopher Bell run down there? I think he was light at the end of the race, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, Christopher Bell. They uh, that is uh, that is a a form. You know, it, it, to to me, it's like there are two extremes. Okay, right. you have the sprint car world where they roll the car across the scales, deem them official, and celebrate, and the race is over. Right. Um, and then you've got the super late model asphalt world where it is a two or three hour teardown, and and. One every bolt is looked to 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 see that it's you know that it's steel or that it's aluminum or whatever it needs to be. I mean, right. this was a hollowed out bolt that the guy you know, got busted with that the time Majeski got busted with uh, last time, and so um, this this thing is the the race is over, and then you sit around and follow on social media, and then uh, two or three hours later. Uh, the winner is determined. So it's a it's a weird dynamic that that sport has. They're perfectly fine with it. I know the year the Majeski won the race, I literally went down in the pits and walked around, and I just happened to be over by the tech shed, and the uh, and the tech inspector walked over to Ty Majeski and handed him the trophy, mm. which was the signal that that he had won the race, that the car had cleared tech. So, um, but yeah, Christopher Bell ran a foul of it. Oh, there's been a bunch. I, I I'm trying to remember. I think. I think Chase Elliott might have ran a foul of the laws one or the rules one time. I'm not sure if Kyle Busch has or not, but if you've ran that race, you probably have had some moments there in the tech shed, and everybody has angst. You you win that race, and you've got this pit in your stomach just waiting to see what's wrong. Yeah, because they're going to tear you down for sure. All the way. Yeah, all the all way the down. Way. Yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, did you get a chance to watch Turkey Night? I just saw the highlights of it. I did not get a chance to watch it. I was uh, I was uh, traveling back from Pennsylvania and, and needed to get to bed early to get to Southern National. So, but I watched it. But wow, what a what a topsy turvy crazy. Uh, you know, just when you thought you had it figured out, it would change. And just when you thought you had it figured out, it would change. And 
you know, I, I think it's a great story in that Justin Grant, he's, he's, he's not had the best of fortune in that. And there were cars that were up in the front. Buddy Kofoid was up in front. Tanner right. Thorson was up in front. Obviously, all eyes were on Kyle Larson as he rocketed through the field. But I, I thought it was a pretty neat win for, for Justin Grant there to, to, to cap a strong season, a season where he you know, won the sprint car championship, and then to get that uh, coveted, uh, you know, that's, that's, that, that's one of the gold crown. That's one of the gold standard races that you want in midget racing. And uh, c- congratulations. I thought it was great for Justin Grant to get that victory. It, it, you definitely didn't want to be the leader of that race. So many of the leaders fell out of that race, leading that race. That was it, it maybe yeah, one of the they, craziest they, things yeah, I've ever out, seen. They finished after the, uh, you know twenties and that sort of thing, and, right? And you know you're you're even and I forget. I think it was Buddy was leading the race, and you don't ex- when you're coming up and racing with Tanner Thorson, you don't expect the the cushion to trip up Tanner and to collect Buddy in it. I mean things you don't expect. That was a weird. That was a weird race. Just like I said, and I just watched the highlights of it. I didn't watch the the, the full pr- production of it, but it was just it, you didn't want to be leading, and there was a myriad of ways that the leader got in trouble throughout yeah. the course of that race. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, what what's it say about Kyle Larson coming out of the B, started twenty second, and worked his way up to second? Um, it, it just proves again that Kyle Larson is just one of the best drivers in the world, isn't he? Well, it, it is, and and I, I I yield back a lot of times to to Tony Stewart talked about him one time, and um and I and I forget where it was at, but Tony had talked about you know, and 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 obviously Tony Stewart, when you look at the handful of world class drivers, you know the 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 Mario Andretti's, the AJ Foyts, Tony Stewart's in that conversation, no doubt. You know, for for diversity and what he has raced and success he's had and everything he's done, and now shoot, Tony's doing it in drag racing. But Tony said the one thing that was so different between him and Kyle Larson is that Tony Stewart needed to drive the car for quite some time to get the feel of it. Remember how long he ran a wing sprint car before he thought he was, thought he was decent at it. And right. it just took him. And he said, the one thing that just impresses the, the, the daylights out of him is that Larson is kind of a plug and play guy, mm-hmm. you know, just put me in a race car and I'll go. And, you know, he's done everything from, from being a cup series champion to, to, to obviously, you know, sprint car, silver crown, midget wing sprint cars. And then, uh, and, and I also had a conversation with Frankie Kerr, the, the sprint car hall of famer, the multi-time all-star champ. And Frankie says the most impressive thing Kyle Larson did was when he jumped in that super late model up at uh, Port Royal, the Lucas oil race and won the first time out in it because just the way those cars are sprung, the way they handle, the way the bodies rear up. And he just is back to Tony Stewart. So he is just like the ultimate plug and play guy. And he knows, and he knows nothing about shocks and springs and, and anything else. It's just, it's just seat of the pants feel uh, the car is doing this. I needed to do that. They make it do that. And then he has performances like he did on Saturday night. The, the guy is just phenomenal to watch. I mean, it, it, no matter what he's in, he's just a real treat to get to see. We're 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 going to be we're going to be we're we're going to be sharing with our grandkids, uh, you know how how awesome this era was that we are witnessing with Kyle Larson. It's it's phenomenal. It really is. Yeah. So, uh, Steve, were were you a big Fleetwood Mac fan? You know, I like their music, but I was far more into the country genre. 
um, yeah. respected them, knew they were knew they were uh, who they were. I loved the Tusk album. That 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 one really, I, I really like that album. Um, so uh, I, and I heard you guys talking a little bit with Todd uh, before, and and I think the thing that really struck me about what you guys said, and I agree with that, is when it would come on the radio, you would never change the channel during right. their song. Right. And I think that's so accurate, even though I was not necessarily into the, the, the pop music. But when I had a radio station on that had or was with friends and everything like that, their music was always, always so good. So good. Yeah. Um, it's not, we're not far away from the Chili Bowl. Um, are you going to make it to the Chili Bowl this year? I don't think so. I'm, I've got a few things just from a dollar and cent standpoint I need to keep my eye on. And, uh, I, and, and the other thing is... I'm I'm getting I'm wore out. I'm uh, I'm I'm taking this weekend off while I'm actually going to Millbridge to a to a race and maybe another local race. But I'm um, the the I'm I'm starting to look at things like okay, I don't really have a business reason to go out to Chili Bowl. It's not like a couple times a couple of years in the past we did Wing right. Nation shows out there, and so. I'm kind of going to choose in 2023. I'm going to pick and choose my battles a little bit more. And and uh, January is a and I already have two weekends away in January where I'm doing uh, indoor racing in Allentown the first weekend of January and indoor TQ racing the last week of January in Atlantic City. And so consequently, I think I'm going to lay low. But uh, I see you know Brian. They released. The, the the car count question, uh, they hit the 100 number the same day that they hit the 100 number last year. Right. So it looks like all things are going to be good out there in Tulsa as everyone goes for a driller. Uh, and I'm going to I, – I, that week I will regret my decision not to go, but uh, not, not going to be able to make it out there. It doesn't look like at this point. Do you think that because Kyle Larson isn't going to race the Chili Bowl this year, do you think people will – stay home and not go to the races as much because Kyle's not going to be racing. Do, what do, what's your thoughts on that? No, no, not at all. I think, I think, I think it's a, I think I, I hate that you're losing a really, really good car. Right. And you are usually losing a really, really good car, but you know, I, I think the, the beauty of the beauty of open wheel fans, midget fans, sprint car fans is the, the, the you know, if this, this is, the, uh, let, let me do a comparison. Right. Last week at Florence Motor Speedway, there was a whole bunch of fans that went there to see Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Dale Earnhardt Jr. only. Mm-hmm. And if Dale Earnhardt Jr. would have crashed out of that thing halfway through, you'd have seen a whole series of red taillights out of the parking lot right. because they were there to see Dale Jr. What I love about midget fans and sprint car fans is, yeah, they might be a Larson person. They might like Kyle Larson. But they're going to be happy to see, you know, if, if Sunshine gets in there or Justin Grant gets in there and mixes it up. Christopher Bell, we know he's going to be good. Rico's going to be good. You know, Ty, Tanner Thorson won it last year. I think that's the beauty of the, the, the midget sprint car fan is that, uh, yeah, probably a little disappointed that Larson's not going to be there, but there's still plenty of things, plenty of drivers to keep an eye on and, 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 and see if someone else doesn't step up in there and, and uh, with, with one less competitive car at the front of the field, see if someone else doesn't step up there and, 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 and see what they can do uh, with it. I just, uh, I don't, I don't sense that I don't sense much of a fall off with it. Yeah. Uh, do, do you feel that other drivers feel like they might have a chance that Larson's not there? Um, you know, if, if he would have taken Christopher Bell with him, you know, maybe, then, then maybe yeah. the, the, and, and then, and face it, you know, 
Uh, I, I think that I think if you're sitting there, there's one less there's one less car at the front of the field that you're going to have to contend with. But there's still eight or ten cars that are always up at the front of that field. And so I don't know that I, I don't know how big that is. There probably will be an impact of one less guy that they're going to have to deal with at the front. But um, I, I don't I, I don't sense that it's a that it's a huge that that it's going to be the the sole difference of someone going and not going to it. Yeah. Um, I, I still think it's just the event. I still think it's it. I mean, and, and I think if you're that top 10 or 12 cars, yeah, you might have a little bit better shot at winning the race. Uh, I, I think if you're one of those cars beyond the top 10 or 12, um, your goal is to crack into the top 10 or 12, maybe sneak out of there with a top five finish. And without Larson there, it might be a little easier to do that. But uh, it's, it's, it's just such a, uh, it, it, but but still, the event is still the event, and it's it's just always awesome out there in Tulsa. It really is. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, tonight uh, is the uh, uh, music center, uh, music city center. They're going to have the uh, awards banquet for the Cup Series tonight on television. Uh, your thoughts about uh, Joey Logano picking up his second championship? Well, he certainly down the stretch showed that he was the man to beat. He really did. And, 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 and honestly, he started the season with that win out at the Coliseum in L.A. You know, he picked up a win mid-year at Gateway, picking up the victory there. And then once we got into the playoffs, it was like, man, they, they, just, um, they just found another gear. And not really a shocker. Uh, I, think, I think Joey Logano, you know, Joey is one of those real interesting kids. And, I, and I'll still use the word kid, although he's, he's certainly – toward the upper echelon as far as age or, right. or not age as experience as far as cup drivers go but he's like this tall lanky goofy kid when you talk to him <laughs> always friendly always joking always jovial right uh, ironically he's not liked by a lot of people uh which is weird because he's a tall happy jovial kid but but kind of the way he came into the sport and you know he came in with some money behind him and and, right. his, and his dad caused some rifts so there's 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 it, it, it's it's fascinating with Joey that persona that he has um, because he does on on serious my buddies Pete Pistoni and Mike Bagley in the morning he comes on about once a month uh, and does and sits there with an hour and just takes phone calls Joey does yeah. with him and I've had more and more people say you know I couldn't stand the guy until mm-hmm. he started coming on with uh, coming on serious. And and I still don't like him, but there's no reason I don't like him. He's he's friendly. He's happy. He's he's happy go lucky. He's having a good time. He's you know he's he married his high school sweetheart, and they have beautiful kids, and so everything is good. Th- that's the personal side of him, and that's the dynamic of not being like. And and the one thing I will say about Joey, Joey is not friends with any of the other drivers. I think that kind of sets some people off. His theory is if I'm going to have friends at the racetrack, I'll bring them with me. I won't meet them in the driver owner lot. So I think that's, and and I kind of like that. That's kind of a Ricky Rudd throwback, if you will. When it comes to the competitive side, this guy is an assassin when it comes to racing. You get a little sense of blood in the water. You get a little sense of anything with this guy, and he is going to tear you apart. And he will tear you apart by by he will tear you apart 
by by working harder, by driving harder. He'll tear you apart by using his front bumper if he needs to. Right. He is he is an assassin when it comes to driving these race cars. And so, you know, he they, they really found the chemistry, him and his crew chief, Paul Wolf. Paul won the championship with Brad Keselowski years back. Yep. So Paul's a two-time championship-winning crew chief. They really found the chemistry, particularly in the second half of this season. And when they got to the playoffs, um, right, right, rightfully so, he, 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 he took charge. He dominated the playoffs, went to Phoenix, won the race, and um, and, and and now gets to uh, gets to celebrate in Music City uh, with the with the championship. So a very very worthy champion, very good champion. He he represents the sport very very well, um, and just is uh, just a real a real testament to it, and a real uh, real real uh, heck of a race car driver. That's for sure. He he's not the same person when he puts on the helmet. That's the, that's no, clear. No, I'm telling you, I you know I, I've never driven a race car in my life. Okay, so I, I'll qualify this by saying that. But if we're five laps to go and I'm running for the win, and I look in the mirror and see him, it's like, oh dear God, this is not going to go good. This isn't good um, yeah. because he is he is. The other thing is we we were talking we were talking about this um, we were talking about this one of the the race that he won at Las Vegas that was the battle he had with Ross Chastain mm-hmm. okay here's the other thing where Joey Todd Gordon is my co-host of um, of Crew Call we do and Todd was his crew chief over there for years the other thing that Joey has is he is extremely smart extremely intelligent. And so now he was able to, with about three or four laps to go, get the best of Ross Chastain. But Todd said, with five laps to go, if Joey doesn't get by him when the white flag flies, Ross is going for a ride on the white flag lap. Mm -hmm. Why the white flag lap? Because if the caution comes out, Joey Logano wins the race and it's over. And that's the amount of detail that Joey Logano has is that I don't want to move the guy out of the way and have a caution come out and have him or someone else get a chance to me. When I move him out of the way, I want it to be for good, and he would wait to do it. And 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 Todd is Todd just talked about what an analytical racer he is from that perspective. And and I think that there's I I, I think there's a lot to respect about a a guy that knows the rules, knows the protocols, and's not scared to use them to his advantage when 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 the time merits. Yep, we're visiting with Steve Post. His appearance is brought to you by Sage Fruit. We want to thank those guys for allowing Steve to come over here and be a part of the show each and every week. Steve, do you watch The Voice? I do not. I don't own a television, Scott, so I don't watch The Voice. You don't watch television? I don't own a television, no. Wow. I, this is the only time of year. I mean, I, I watch some pay-per-view on my phone or my tablet. Um, I wish I, I wish I had a better situation to watch some football games. Um, but the rest of the year, I never turn on the TV. So, uh, so I don't. There's not even a television in my home. I stand corrected. My my one daughter has a small one up in her room that I think she watches a little bit. But <laughs> so no. So I don't. Uh, I, I I don't watch The Voice at all. Well, you know what? Maybe maybe racing boys need to buy you a TV for Christmas. <laughs> I don't. The problem is, Scott. Like I like I had a TV. Like the last time I had a TV, I turned it off. And I figured this out. I turned it off after the Super Bowl in January, and I turned it back on for a practice day for the Indy 500 in May. The TV sat there for four months, never turned on, but the bill was paid. And yeah. I'm just like, this is kind of foolish. So uh, I, I, when I unplugged, I unplugged, I put it in the yard, put it in our Facebook group. There's a TV in the yard for someone who wants it, and within about 
three minutes, there were people out there fighting over my TV. Uh, big weekend. Uh, before we let you go, Steve, it's um, a big weekend in St. Louis. The Castro Gateway Dirt Nationals is going to be taking place this weekend. Unfortunately, they're not going to be running the midgets anymore. They're going to just be running the UMP late models or UMP uh, modifieds and the super late models down there. What are your thoughts about this race at, at the uh, the uh, Dome at America Center? You know, this thing is really evolving, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm bummed that the midgets are not there. Um, although, I don't know, did it ever really take off? It just kind of, it just... It Fizzled just, out. It, you know, this, uh, now I'm going to save it for the Chili Bowl. Now I'm going to save it for the Chili Bowl. I don't know that it ever took off, and I think, and I think they, they probably were like, well, let's just find our own lane here. And this is such a weird dynamic with these super late models that we see just flying around racetracks, you know, like Eldora and, and, and like Port Royal, these big half-mile racetracks. Right. And here you see them just beating the crap out of each other inside this dome. I just think it's a fun event. I think that it, it – it's you know, it's the it's kind of growing on the late model side into that off season tradition that that the that the uh, that the super late models have at the snowball derby that the midget crowd and sprint car crowd has at the chili bowl they're kind of kind of carving out their own little niche there now there's another race XR has a race this week down in Florida as well mm-hmm. so it's going to be a little bit of a split field but man we've if if we've seen anything this year we've seen split late model fields and yet we've learned that. Both fields will be stout. Both fields will be good. But yeah, this indoor race has uh, has, has been fun. I'm I'm uh, uh, like I said, I'm not much of a TV guy, but probably the way this weekend unfolds with some some music and things like that, I'm going to do. I probably get a chance to watch some of this uh, watch some of this on uh, on pay per view and looking forward to it. It's uh, it's it's a really neat deal. I like the way the guys come in. The guys come in with a little attitude, a little swagger right. to them. The driver intros and everything. Yeah, and uh, it's just uh, it's 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 just a fun race. That's for sure. What do you got coming up on Wing Nation? Well, we're down for the season, so really right now what we're working on is just uh, catching our breath as far as that goes. But we've uh, – Cracker, my producer, and you know Cracker real well. Probably, oh, yeah, he's uh, a great one guy. One of the hardest working guys in the sport. Yeah. You know, he's got everything. We've got a YouTube page, and we've got our Facebook page. And so uh, we're just kind of doing a little social media with it, re-airing some of the other things and, uh, and, and, and catching our breath, if you will. We're uh, – uh, we'll start back the uh, end of January, the first week of February, and, and get started back with that. But right now, just doing, enjoying a little downtime, watching the schedule releases. We had the uh, World of Outlaws yesterday. The All-Stars just released their schedule and now starting to, starting to, 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 to dream about where, where, the, uh, where the airplanes or cars will take me next year. But uh, just kind of in a chill mode right now for Wing Nation. Did you tell me in a text earlier that this was uh, last weekend was your 158th race? Yeah, I've I've done something really stupid this year is that I decided (laughs) to chase races, and I will not do this again. Um, But I'm at 158, and there's two more races at Millbridge, and then we've got another little dirt track here called East Lincoln that has like a four-cylinder street stock race this Sunday. So I've got three options uh, to get uh, to 160, or if I end up at 161, um, I, I, I don't know where this obsession came from. I used to do it a lot when I was in upstate New York and Pennsylvania, and I would get to the 120s and 130s up there and thought I was doing something. But this year, I just uh, I hit it right. But, but when you think about it with, uh, with, with doing 25 NASCAR Cup races, 
you throw in another 25 Xfinity or truck races, and then by the time we do those three race weekends with trucks or ARCA series, yeah. you know, I probably have 75 races I do with MRN. I do the 10 summer shootout races. I do Tuesday nights at Millbridge. And so, you know, I'm probably pretty close to triple digits with just my core what I do. Uh, but this year I just hit it good with a lot of other one-off races and Saturday nights on the road and, and various other things. But uh, I think the I think the uh, this I think this will be my high water mark. I don't know that uh, I, I'm tired. I'm ready for I'm ready for a weekend or two at the house maybe next year. You are a grinder, my friend. That's all I can say. Well, something I don't know about that. I, I, I know I, I like I said I'm tired, uh, but it's been a great year and and man I have seen I have seen some great stuff this year. So I'm it's been fun. It really has been. But uh, but I'm uh, I'm I'm ready for ready for some downtime. All right, Steve. We always appreciate you taking the time to join us. I appreciate you adjusting your schedule to come on today instead of yesterday. Uh, we thank you so much for doing so. And again, your appearance has been brought to you by Sage Fruit. And we want to thank those guys for allowing you to come over here and be a part of the show. We'll talk to you next week. All right. We'll see you next week. I'll be I'll be live from Indy from the PRI show. It opens on Thursday, but I'll be up there Wednesday afternoon. So we'll do it from there. You know, I'll see you there. Oh, it's going to be great, Scott. All right, Steve. We'll, we'll have a beer. Yes, we will. All right, buddy. Or see two. You. All right, or two. Uh, we'll see you later. You got it. All right, there you have it. There's Steve Post. And, um, man, that was a pretty interesting conversation right there. Oh, Steve, man, 158 uh, races. Grinding, man. That is grinding it out. What would you do in one year when you hit? Um, I don't know if I've ever went to 158 races in one year. Yeah. I mean, but you guys, what, what would, the... but when I traveled on the road, I went to a lot of races, yeah. but in a few extras, I don't you know, think 158, yeah. I've never, I've never reached that yeah. kind of money, but I mean, on the ASCS tour, you hit all those and then you hit a few lakeside and then a few Kansas speedway. And so you're getting up there in some pretty big numbers, but nothing like, like that. You know, again, it, it appears that we are going to take mostly motorsports to one day a week. Yeah. And if that happens, I might try to grind it out next year and try some, to go to a lot of races. You have some off time and, and yeah. well, well deserved. Yeah. You know, like we said, we, you went, you stepped right out of the, I'd like to go and check out some uh, regional races, stuff you know, you go, really go, I, it's been a long time since I've been to like CMS, um, you know, I go to US 36 a lot. Yeah. Uh, Lakeside Speedway. I don't go out there for the weekly shows that often. I you know, very much. You got all those. Like yeah. you said, you got a bunch. US 36 and up there. And, yep. Well, I agree. Like you said, it. you stepped right out of the frying pan into the fryer with, into the fire with jumping off the ASCS tour, streaming, and, and then jumping into a six-day week live show. It's. You may have thought you were taking a break. I don't think people understand how much effort goes into being on the air six days a week it, like you said you have to schedule the rest of your life gonna have to kind of move around things just because you know things i'm getting happen, old man you know and if you have a doctor's appointment you got to think well i can't have it an hour before or two hours after how old are you now todd 54 54 yeah i posted a picture on my facebook it popped up on my memories thing i'm gonna repost it today with current pictures it was pictures of famous actors on their tv so on their series, let's say Happy Days. The Happy Days dad at the time, he was 48 is what he was depicted on that show. Yeah. And Mr. Cunningham looked a lot older than I did. 
and I'm 54. So He's aged, hadn't he? On that, and so even on there was another one too. Oh, Archie Bunker when he played Archie Bunker on that show, right? He was playing a 49 year old man. Well, L- let me tell you something. You couldn't have a show like Archie Bunker on the air today. Absolutely not. There's no way that that would be acceptable and, on air. And the and the reason why, and they, they talked to Norman Lear about it, the reason why is people kind of don't get that. Archie was a racist. He was, and we were make, and they were making fun of him. People thought the show was about being racist, but it was actually pointing out how stupid he stupid was. he was. And right. and and Carol Garner, he really didn't like doing some of those jokes he had because that was not him at all in real life that's that was not who he was and right he said that was a tough role for him to play yeah he said some of the things that he had to say was just like are you kidding me but when the when the awards start coming in and the money starts coming you can start you know you'll say whatever you need to say but you know he had another career did his up did that other show afterwards and and um and the heat of the night or is that what it was i believe that was what the show was called it was um from a book and TV sh- from a movie, but it was a TV show. And yeah, he he talked about that how he was not that character, you know, that you knew who he was. But you're right, that show could not be. He that, played the part well, though. Very well. Yeah. Like you believed every you bit. Believed you he, believed every bit of. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. believed it all. Yeah, no so, doubt. Yeah, no. Yeah, I agree that 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 may not happen. You'll never see that type of. Uh, you may see that on streaming. I take that back. There are a few shows, and you have to look. Do you watch? Um, the Phil the show called um Phil what's it called Philadelphia um darn it I'll draw on a blank oh with uh Gosh. Danny DeVito in yes. it yes he's a little bit let up. me tell you that whole show yeah if you watch it you'll be you'll set back a gasp at actually what gets said and um uh, there's a couple cartoons that definitely let the things fly and they get away with it because it's a cartoon right you know what i'm saying yeah. there's a lot of archie bunker jokes and stuff that go on like on american dad and those kind of shows because they just kind They're of cartoons get, they are and they kind of right. allow, them, allow them to but you're right that could not be done on a sitcom on network tv anymore. yeah no doubt all right todd thanks for uh, doing a great job no today problem. Appreciate, appreciate it guys. buddy all right we're gonna uh, get out of here we want to thank everybody for tuning in to mostly motorsports uh, again, um, it, it looks like we're going to be trending in the direction of going to one day a week. We're not sure exactly when that's going to take place. Um, we have a commitment with Lucas Oil Products um, through up till the chili, oh, up till the shootout. To the shoot. And I think that's when about the time we're going to start our doing our our, our daily show. And you'll be grinding uh, once some, a week, grinding some interviews out down there in Tulsa. That's for sure. That's yeah. that's our whole plan. So you guys will get. A lot of interviews. If you notice, a lot of people have been talking about that, about how Steve Post talked about too. Hey, it's a long day down there. You can't just be on there and be streaming and recording all day. You're going to have to set some times out, you know, to work because it's a long day down there. Well, you know I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to go down there and I'm just going to can a bunch of interviews with a camera. Yeah. That's, I think that's move what in I'll day do. is a great day. If everybody's ever been down there on move in day, whether it's shootout it's or the chili bowl. It's in a crazy event just to see that. We have an actual video, one video on our YouTube page, and it's, I think it's labeled move-in day. And you'll see the diesels backing in and the lines being drawn, all the stuff. And let me tell you, 
that's some of the best times to talk to some of these guys that moving day and the next morning because they're still laid back. Everything's yeah. still kind of. Matt Ward does a fantastic job, job well, running that thing. I'd love to see a GoPro set up in the rafters, turned on a long extended thing so you could record a whole day of them bringing all those that stuff from up above. Yeah. Because that's got to be like you guys do not believe with the amount of these, the amount of cargo and equipment that's in that end of that stadium will blow your mind people didn't realize how much how much effort we had to put in to put our pay-per-view together it's just crazy I, I explain it to normal people and i then when i show them things they're like i had no idea i mean there's some people in oklahoma that do have no idea that that building is that big inside you right. might drive by it miles and miles of cable we ran <laughs> there's not a pillar in the whole building like, everything's a free structure for people in kansas city it's kind of like how the old kemper arena was the, the, right. the high v all the stuff's on the outside so it held that yeah. thing up but now i i applaud anybody that spends um weeks down there and those guys do a hell of a job down there at the at the shootout and the sh- and the sh- so it ought to be fun down there at the chili bowl this year yeah no doubt all right thanks todd appreciate it all right that's it for today um, tomorrow, Kirk Elliott's going to sit in with us here on the show. We'll talk about what's going to be coming up this weekend. And uh, it's all right here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all been brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. It works. For Todd's surprise, for my partner, Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott Trailer saying thanks for joining us. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>